This podcast contains material and language that may be disturbing to some listeners. While not explicit, listener discretion is advised. David and Shane discuss their random paranormal adventures and stories. We dive into paranormal cases from the past and the present. We also talk about what got us into the paranormal, the highlights, and the scary moments while on our adventures. This is Shane, and you are listening to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. Before we get on to our current topic, we need to discuss a couple things here. Logan, Utah is getting its first Paracon. It's going to be on October 8th. Location and other details are to be announced. But as it sits right now, my group, Bear River Paranormal, will have a booth there. And I was also asked by the founder of the Paracon that's going to be hosted here in Logan to be a special speaker at this event. So if you would like to come and see me speak or come and see our booth, we will have all of our information posted up on our website and we'll also have information posted up on every single episode leading up to October 8th and then we will go from there. Just an FYI, I will be adding in EVP evidence periodically in this episode. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Shane. And I'm David. And on today's episode, David is going to be talking about the Murdered Soul Suspect game. Now, David, what is that game all about? Okay, yeah, so it, I know it's weird, we're talking about a game, um, but I discovered it a while ago, and I've played it again since, but it's literally uh, a paranormal, as close as I can come to finding a paranormal game, but it, it's really cool. So I'm going to talk about it, and I'm going to probably give away a shit ton of of the game so there will be spoilers so if you want to go play it uh you can play it if you play games but if you just kind of want to listen to what it is and kind of the i'm, I'm going to talk a lot about it so spoiler alert if you want to play it um but so it's this cool game it's uh by square enix is a game company that and uh it came out in like 2014 i think and uh, essentially what, what it is, is you're in Salem, Massachusetts, uh, so you can probably already assume where it's going from there, but um, you're a police officer, and it starts the game as the police officer, and uh, you're hunting down a murderer, which is called the Bell Killer, um, and this random killer that uh, is like just killing random people differently, and the cops can't really figure it out and stuff, and you're one of these rogue detective guys, and... Uh, you track down the killer and he kills you so he throws you out the window comes outside shoots you boom 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 you get up and you're like man that's crazy i should have died and you try to go uh get him and you realize you're dead and you see your body you're trying to get in your body and you can't do it and then you go into uh the spirit world and the entire game you're basically uh a spirit version of yourself and you're trying to f you can't move on until you figure out why you're you're still there so you have to like 
put the clues together as a detective to figure out who the killer is and as soon as you can figure out who the killer is you can maybe find peace to be able to move on and then it just blows up from there and does a bunch of cool stuff that I can explain but oh that's awesome yeah it's it's hell it's hella cool um I I've played it like three times four times um, and just some of the things that the game uh, talks about and shows you what like the spirit world in the eyes of a spirit looks like mm-hmm. is kind of really close to a lot of uh, things that people uh, hypothesize are true um, so one of the things uh, for instance is uh, when you die whatever you did in life is amplified in death so because this guy was a police officer and a detective he can find old stuff and bring it into life like old clues and like see it through his eyes what it happened in real life so like if he touches like a a murder weapon he can touch it and he can see exactly how it was used to kill someone so he's like a detective and he's putting pieces together so that's kind of like your your powers so to speak and um when you first kind of go in the the game it's interesting because it's in salem massachusetts so they uh there's some buildings that you can't as the spirit can't go into and you're like trying to figure out why and then uh, this one spirit lady who's been there forever tells you it's because when they built some of the old buildings they built them a specific way with like i think it's like a freemason style of building that uh spirits can't enter the building unless someone opens a door or a window so you physically can't just walk through walls to get into the building but if someone opens a door you can kind of go in that way it's like a loophole for spirits But then you can't leave the building unless someone does the same thing. Hmm. So that's kind of interesting. But then once you're in the building, you can like go through walls and doors and stuff. And no, there's no obstacle. But there's some buildings in Salem that you physically can't go through because of how they were consecrated. So that's kind of an interesting thing to think about as well. So is it more like a RPG game? Yeah, it's third person for sure. Just walk around. You have your character and... um, yeah, it's just a lot of walking around. There is the demons in the game, and you kind of like have to hide. And then as the cop, you can, if you get behind them, you can like banish the demons. So you're like you're pretty powerful. Okay. But then what else is cool about the game is you come across a character named Joy, and uh, she's a, a like a 14, 15 year old girl, but she is a medium in the game, so she can see you, right? And when, when you find out that she can see you, you're, you're tripped out, right? As the spirit, you're like, wow, you can see me. No one can see me. It's, it's, it's funny. But she also has this interesting um, thing. So in the game, one of the things you can do as uh, the ghost is you can kind of, it's not, it's called possessed. Like it's a button you hit and you possess them, but you don't, you can't like make them do anything, but you can influence them. So you can like read their minds. And then like, if you're trying to get them to do something, you can like influence them to make them kind of do something, but you can't physically control them. So when you try to, uh, quote unquote, possess joy, uh, she can kick you out. And it's crazy. Cause you like, for the first time you like, are like, Oh, how'd you do that? And stuff like that. And then she has a scream when she screams, it like makes you as the ghost, like freaking tremble and like kind of paralyzes you for a second. So it just shows that, uh, as a medium, she's like really powerful, but she's like, she hates as a 14 and 15 year old girl, like hates dealing with spirits on, on a daily, you know? Cause it's actually funny. Cause in one scene you go to Salem's, uh, graveyard, and she's like, I really hate being here and stuff like that. And it just, it 
makes sense because as the ghost you can see all the ghosts too so like you're seeing real people there and then you're seeing all the ghosts that are there and imagine if you're that type of person in real life who can see all that it just puts things into perspective so the game hit hints on a lot of cool stuff that is potentially what some people in the field believe is true yeah. so it's a good visual that's why i feel like uh i mean people can like watch trailers and stuff like that or gameplay even if you don't play the game mm-hmm. you can go on youtube and watch people do like gameplays of it and there's cool things throughout the game too like uh, little easter eggs you find certain things and then it plays like a haunted story mm-hmm. uh one of them is really cool it's called the watery grave and the story is about uh, a person who's t- he's telling the story in third person about moving into this apartment and uh, he has like these bad neighbors that are like always partying and doing stuff, whatever. And they get into some fights. And finally, he says he doesn't hear them fighting anymore. And then, but then for some reason, uh, this old building, the water's pretty bad. Yeah. Like it doesn't have good pressure or nothing. And then it like turns brown and stuff like that. And then so finally, they got someone to uh, go check it out. And it's this old boiler water heater type thing and the maintenance guy opens it up and there's a decaying body that's sitting in the water and that's why everyone in the building was like showering drinking tap water uh of a dead body that's been sitting in this little water heater so you know what that reminds me of uh cecil hotel yes sir um i don't remember when the cecil hotel story came out so i don't know if this story that they did on the game is before or after the Cecil Hotel thing. I think it was before the Cecil Hotel because I thought it was back in the 80s or 90s that happened. It could have been, uh, could have been later than that. Oh, when they found the body, it, it wasn't in the 80s. It wasn't in the 80s. No, when that that uh, Asian lady went uh, missing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely wasn't in the 80s. It was. I think it was pretty actually recent. Because I remember watching a documentary about that, but I didn't really pay attention to the actual dates or anything like that. I was just like, wow, that's, that's kind of amazing. Yeah, because th- it was in 2013, actually. Okay, so 2013, and so this and game this has came been right out. after. So yeah, they probably took that uh, okay. and put it into a different type of story. Yeah, because uh, Elisa Lamb, she... Uh, went missing in uh, mm. January 31st, 2013. Mm. Okay. And then they found her February 19th, 2013. Yeah, because it definitely sounds familiar to that one, particularly. Yeah, yeah I remember. That. I, it's funny because I listened to uh, a podcast about it that uh, our good buddy Tim did, and I liked that. Mm-hmm. And then they did uh, a Netflix special on it. Uh, yeah, that's the one that I watched. Year, and I watched that too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a it's kind of a big, big thing. And then Ghost Adventures investigated that place. Yeah, which I haven't watched that, but yeah, neither did I. Not that I'm rushing to do it. Exactly. But the game's pretty cool. Um, trying to figure out who the killer is. It's it's a pretty big. Uh, I'm not gonna say who it is in case people want to, uh, figure it out. But mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. It goes through like. If you've never been to Salem, Massachusetts, I think they do a pretty good job at, uh, like, 3D modeling of what the town actually probably looks like. I wouldn't know. I've never mm-hmm. been there. But from, from my thing, it looked good, and they do history pretty good. And, you know, it's all about the witch trials. That's kind of a, a big thing, going through the histories and stuff. 
don't know. It's a pretty fun game. I, I, I quite thoroughly enjoyed it. And how much of this game have you played? Have you played it all the way through? About how oh, yeah. far? I've beaten it like three times. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. I I play it, and then I forget about it for like a while, and then I'm like, oh, I remember this game, and then I'm like, yeah, I'll play it again. You know, I mm-hmm. I can do that with a few games, but... Okay. Because okay. it, it's very... I think it's fun. Okay. It's not a standard game. Like, most games are all kind of the same, but this one was just... It was so unique and different. Mm-hmm. that it's one of those games that I like. So is it one of those games that have, like, the jump scares and everything like that, like back in the day when Fear came out, Fear 2, Fear 3, all those games? Yeah, they're not they're not bad at all. There's really hardly any jump scares. I mean, there's occasional, like, loud sounds that these demons make and stuff, and then they will might do a thing, but it's not, like, gruesome-looking. Like, the animation on it, they don't really have... I mean, the way they draw, the demons are interesting, for sure. But yeah, nothing's really too grotesque looking. Okay. With the animation. Or How did they do the demons on that particular game? Can you explain that? Yeah, so it's like the best way to describe it is if you've ever seen Harry Potter, the Death Eater, you know, those little things that float. Oh, the Dementors. The Dementors, they look just like that, but they're like a like red and black style. Okay, so kind of like the black hooded figures that we see on some of these malicious cases that we've worked before. It's kind of like the robe over the head and the long yeah, robe and all and that just yours. no legs. They're just like kind of floating, and then they yeah. just have their arms, and then like the bottom where they're floating is just like to a triangle piece, and like the rope mm-hmm. are like kind of shredded. Okay, it's like that, and then like the eyes are like red, and then there's like some kind of reddish tint flame that's not like present, but it's like kind of there. And then it's cool because when you're expelling them, there's uh, a human person that's coming out of the demon, and then you expel it, and then you like push it down, and it goes through the ground, and like, I'm assuming back to hell or something like that. But like, it's one of those like they like feed the demons feed off of uh, spirits. Like you as the character, they try to like just literally like Harry Potter. Okay. I'm assuming that's what they got most of their inspiration from for the demons. So when you expel the demon, you extract the human from the demon, and then you expel the demon into the ground. Yeah, and both does disappear. Um, Okay, so it's kind of like when we're dealing with an attachment on our end, and we pull the attachment out of the person, and then we dispose of it properly, either in the ground or any other ways that we typically dispose of the, the entity. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The other thing that's cool, because so you're this police officer and detective, there's some spirits there that you talk to, and you're like, hey, what are you doing here? And some of them are like, I don't know, I was just doing this. Like, so they're they're, they're confused, right? Mm-hmm. And so you go look through the clues and all the pickup, do all the pieces, and then you tell them, this is how you die, this is what happened. And they're like, oh, and so you bring clarification to what happened to them, and then you literally watch the spirit go up into the light and move on. That's also a cool part of uh, playing the game, too, is helping uh, trapped spirits. And it's just like pick, finding clues and pieces and stuff and doing that, too. So it's it's very cool to do that. Okay. Like, see it for yourself. Like, this is what a potential representation of how someone moving to the light kind of is. Okay. That definitely sounds like a game that I'm definitely interested in playing. I know that there's a few other paranormal-esque type games out there that are a lot more. Yeah gruesome and and scare tactics and all that it's on steam and i think even the game rating on steam is like a 9.5 out of 10 that's not bad 
and it, it's been out for a while now, so it's obviously it should be pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I don't play games on the computer. I play it on my gaming devices, but I'm sure it's the same. I don't know. Yeah, I might have to go check it out on Steam because I do everything on the computer. I don't have any gaming consoles, but so I'll it, it's it really cool, really fun. It's really not that long. I think I could beat it. Uh, I beat it in a week. Okay. So it's really not that bad. It's just you do it in doses and stuff. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, like you two do, or three you, hours at a time. or Yeah, so like the first bit you go through majority of the town, and then there's one bit where you go obviously to the cemetery, and then another one you go to the hospital, and then the other one you go to a museum, a uh, police station. So there's like a few places that you go to um, that are historically cool. And then they just they have hidden stuff too, so you just use your sense. You see like little scribblings, and you try to find them. And then you blow it, it reveals stuff. Eh, it's pretty cool. Okay. I don't know how to describe it to any other game. That's kind of why it's just unique, its own thing. Yeah, yeah. When we were sitting down and talking about doing the set list and everything, and you wanted to talk about this game, I was definitely interested when you were telling me about it. So I'm glad we were able to get this episode going and talk about this particular game because I think it's a really good game, and it really shows how accurate it can be in real life to a point versus yeah. some of the other games that are out there. Yeah, I think it is probably closest to the ac- most accurate thing that I've seen. Because mm-hmm. it it is uh, one of the theories of, you know, our world being a type of, like, its own purgatory where they can't move on until, you know, mm-hmm. they have to wait. But it's just it just mirrors our world and it's just in a different like monograde color like how the spirits look they're like a pale blue looking to them and stuff and it shows them you know when they're dead as a spirit it shows how they look when they died so i mean you have bullet holes like in your chest inside it it on on your character it shows those bullet holes that are there they're like kind of glowing so it like shows that's how you died you know Mm -hmm. and it's, it's very cool that it it shows it that way like there's there's just tons of little elements that just kind of match with uh, how we think things might be in the paranormal world. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why we wanted to talk about it because it, it pretty much mirrors to a point what we do and what we experience and everything. So I'm glad that we're able to come across this particular game and then talk about it because I think it's more accurate than, like I said before, than the other games that are out there. Now, are there different types of hardness levels on this particular game, or is it just a pretty straight, simple game? Um, if there were harder modes on it, I don't think there are. I think it's just you just kind of start it and go, because there's really not much more uh, that would make increase the difficulty level in any way, really. Okay. It's kind of just, you just kind of start it and go. Okay. Well, that's not bad, so definitely check it out on Steam. What What is the game called again one more time, David? Uh, Murdered, and then it's like the two dots, and it says Soul Suspect. Okay. And you can find that on Steam or however you get your games, correct? I mean, we're probably definitely going to throw uh, like a trailer on our page yeah. so you guys can watch it. And yeah, then... we'll definitely do that. Yeah, that'd be cool. So before we get into talking about some of these joint investigations that we have been on uh we wanted to discuss a couple things here now the paranormal expo that's going on here in logan utah that is still a go last i heard he had golden tickets up for sale i believe there were 120 dollars if i remember correctly something around there 
basically it's a meet and greet you get to have lunch with all the guest speakers uh, basically you get VIP status and there's only limited available tickets to be sold so just make sure you follow the links under the podcast that we've posted up and everything and if you have any questions about it reach out to me or David and we will uh, send you to the appropriate person to ask these particular questions and then also flyers are about ready I do believe he placed an order for flyers so flyers are going to start circulating here in a little bit I've already got a copy of that particular flyer so once they have all that ready and they're starting to pass them out we'll be also handing them out as well when we go to other events or anything like that so that way people can come and attend this paranormal expo now you may notice that it's been quite some time between our last episode and this episode because our awesome co-host producer of this podcast David got married right before Memorial Day and I just want to give a huge shout out to David and Sadie your guys's wedding was beautiful it was well done I know you guys had the jitters and you guys were worried about a few things but I thought it went without a hitch and thank you for allowing me to be your best man at your wedding and David do you want to talk about some of the things that happened during this particular wedding or your honeymoon or anything like that because I think everybody would like to know like how the wedding looked like and some of the stuff that you guys did and everything because you guys might be a little shocked it wasn't paranormal related at all yeah so I'm happy it's done I'll say that much um it was it was stressful going into it because I put uh, a lot of money into it. I think in the end I put in six thousand dollars into it, which for some people they're probably like, "Oh, that's nothing," and then other mm-hmm. people are like, "That's too much." Mm-hmm. Um, it was worth it. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would do differently if I had to do it again is I would hire a wedding planner because that shit was stressful. There's so yeah. much little things that you had to do to plan it. And then even with our venue being like already pretty much ready, like we still got like so many decorations and stuff. And mm-hmm. and then I overestimated how much food we were going to need with all the people because I thought more people were going to be there and it's mm-hmm. whatever. But I ended up with uh, so many waffles. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Waffles. So many waffles. Cause I had waffle love cater our wedding, but then my parents were like, is that going to be enough? Cause I was like estimating 180 people mm-hmm. and I don't even think we had a hundred. Mm-hmm. So it was really, really short on the amount of waffles that I got. So yeah. I had a shit ton of extra, mm-hmm. but then my parents also got a catering company for food. So I had extra food there. So that was a nightmare. But then we went, uh, we didn't go far for our honeymoon or nothing's fancy. We just went up to Logan, but it was just a nice, like, uh, getaway kind of thing. Cause we stayed at, was it the anniversary? Yeah. Uh, which they have themed rooms and I liked themed rooms. I think they're cool. Cause I've been to a few and, uh, the bathtubs are really nice. Oh yeah. Like the, the best part about those rooms. It's like a double wide bathtub. You can fit like so many people in it and they were um, jetted too right yeah they're jetted 
and yeah, it's just it's just it's just nice to get away. Just have two nights up there. Don't have to worry about anything. You know, didn't have to worry about work or money or anything. Mm-hmm. But I also did have to pay for for the rooms because I did like a deposit. So then the night of, and it could be expensive. So it's not like you want to do it every weekend. But it's nice to go to, you know, just to get away and stuff. Yeah. So I had no money. I was broke when I got mm. home, and I'm like, shit, I need yeah. money. Yeah, <laughs> then, I understand and that. Then the mortgage came out the next week, and I was like, oof. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag adulting sucks. <laughs> yeah, it is not good, but I'm fine now, so it's yeah. good. Well, that's good. Yeah, the between the wedding and then doing other investigations and catering to clients and everything like that, we've just been really busy. And then I was also helping them a little bit here and there with their wedding as well. So with all of that said and done, we did miss a episode uh, because of all the stuff that was going on. So we do apologize for that. Life just got a little bit chaotic and we just kind of needed a break, to be honest with you, so we can get this other stuff done. But now that David and Sadie are happily married and all that good jazz now it's going to become more of a a regular thing unless something else comes up and we will definitely let you guys know but congratulations david and sadie on your beautiful wedding by the way if you guys ever want to go check out a venue if you're in the northern utah area over in riverdale where they got married what's the place called david kdk ranch beautiful location it is kind of out of the way Google Maps doesn't really like to take you to the right place, so you kind of have to really study the map and everything before you go and try to find this location, but it's a beautiful venue to have a wedding at. So definitely you guys did a good job on that particular venue. And it was the cheapest that I could find as well. Yeah, for for the amount of money that you spend, it was still a beautiful venue. Just If you have a SUV or a truck, much preferred to get up to this particular venue. If you have a car, especially if it's lowered or anything like that, could be a little uh a little hair raising there at times and you might get a little worried but outside of that it's a beautiful venue so congratulations to you guys yeah and then just another shout out um so i have a friend that took all of our photos uh for my engagement and my wedding uh and i'd just like to shout her out here uh caitlin uh she was uh, an amazing photographer and she does really good and she makes you feel like uh you know, it's not awkward to take pictures with her, and she was uh, her pricing's really good too. So I'd also like to shout her out um, for being there and being my friend as well. Yeah, we Do will it. we'll post up the Facebook page and everything for the photographer. Uh, she's I'm planning on having her do our group pictures here soon because I've seen the quality of work that she does and it's top notch. And the fact that she took the time with her pictures and she was thoughtful with the pictures and some of the pictures that she's already edited and released to david and sadie and i got tagged on those beautiful pictures especially that black and white one with that door in between you guys oh yeah that one's awesome that one's glorious i love that picture that one's really good yeah i I can't wait to see all the pictures after when they're edited and everything it's gonna be it's gonna be a good set of pictures for you guys that's for sure yeah i was happy in the end Mm-hmm. I mean, t- if I'm honest with you, I could have just eloped and would have been fine. But yeah, I mean, it it's a memory that's there, and I don't regret it. Yeah, exactly. 
So outside of that, if there's any other thing that we need to, to tell you guys, we will definitely let you know. As it sits right now, we're just waiting for this convention to happen. Uh, I do plan on having the creator of the convention come on to our podcast episode here soon. So look out for that because he has written some awesome books about paranormal stuff that's happening around northern Utah, particularly here in Cache Valley. So I look forward to getting him on our episode and on our podcast and talk about his experiences and his books and everything like that and talk a little bit about this uh, convention that he's wanting to put on. But for the cases that I would like to talk about, so we're going to talk about the joint investigations that we've been on. Now, these are going to be some of the earlier cases from a few years ago, back in 2016-2017, when we started venturing out of Cash Valley and meeting other groups and doing collaborations and joint investigations with them. Now, the first one that I want to talk about was Benson Gristmill. So the first time myself and David, were you with me the first time that I went? It was for Paul's birthday. Yes, that was uh, our, our first time there. Yes. For sure. So it's an awesome location. It's over there in Stansbury Park, just north of Tooele and just south of the Great Salt Lake right there on the freeway heading towards Nevada. Now a lot of those buildings were transplanted to this location so they kind of wanted to make it a historical monument and museum-esque. The curator that's there that does everything, Jody, she is amazing. She's a sweetheart. Their rates are really not that bad. It's only like 20 bucks an hour and you can reserve it for four or five hours and really that's about all the time you really need in that location if you spend 45 minutes in every single building or at least most of the buildings you're going to get some sort of activity great little location we are going to touch more about this particular location because we've already been there at least six or seven times now and Things have happened in between those times that we've been there from the first time to the most recent one that we've been to this year, but we will dedicate an episode just talking about Benson Gristmill because I think there's a lot of things that need to be cleared up about that location, particularly the ones that sit there and say that there's nothing malicious there, which obviously you're too blind to even realize that, but I digress. Yeah, well, there's a lot, especially now that a lot of people have seen the show, and it's become big now, because when we first Mm -hmm. went out there, it was just one of those hidden things that no one really knew about, and just the paranormal community kind of had their own little thing that people can go to. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the time, we thought it was a good place to train uh, new people to go to as well, because it was pretty lax and stuff, but then just over the years, as we started doing it, things just change. And so what people, when we talk about it, some people might not like what we have to say about it, but it is just Mm -hmm. our opinion on what we have uh, investigated and what kind of, uh, you know, stuff we've gotten there Mm -hmm. and made our own conclusions. But I mean, yeah, it's, it'll be a very good episode, whether Mm -hmm. you uh, agree or disagree with anything we say, that's up to you. Yeah, definitely. So the next location that we did a joint investigation at was at the Boston building in Salt Lake City with Paranormal U. Now I hooked up with Jerry on wanting to do a joint investigation with his team and they wanted to do the Boston building. Now the Boston building is a historic building in Salt Lake City. In fact, it 
there's a restaurant there called Maxwell's. Now, uh, Guy Fieri from Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives has been there. Awesome place. If you like the New York-style thin crust, huge slices of pizza, that place is the place to go. Their wings are also phenomenal, too. The activity that was there. Now, we were able to get to certain levels of that particular building, and then we were able to investigate the basement. The basement, we had the vast majority of the activity happening. Outside of that, the rest of the building, it was pretty well, pretty well uh, uh, dead, to be honest with you. But what I thought was really interesting, they're actually, so there's two buildings. So there's the Boston building and then it's sister building. They're right next door. There is actually a tunnel that goes from the Boston building to the other building. An interesting fact, back in the day, to transport money, they used to build tunnels underneath these buildings so that way they can transport the money safely so that way they didn't have to risk getting robbed while they were trying to transport the money out on the streets. A little tidbit of history about Salt Lake City. But the Boston building was quite awesome. I can't wait to, to show you guys some of the evidence that we got from that particular investigation. Now the next investigation that we did was at the Witch Tree over here in Menden, Utah. We had um, badass spirit outlaws come up from Salt Lake City to do this in joint investigation. We uh, took them out to Hu Hut, which is a Mongolian buffet here in Logan, which is believe they have locations nationwide as far as I'm aware, but I'm not 100% sure. If you do not have a Hoo Hut where you're at, look them up because they're actually pretty good. I actually like going to that restaurant for a buffet style anyway. Yeah. Well, I wasn't there for the Boston yeah. building though, um, but the Witch Tree I was there for, and it was kind of interesting. Uh, thank God we had my Jeep because your mm -hmm. car would not have made the drive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just an interesting, we did it because it was like a folklore type thing that the witch was, you know, got hung at this specific tree mm -hmm. and they have it fenced off and stuff and they said nothing grows in there and stuff. So we just kind of did it just to see, it was, you know, it's fairly close to us. So we just drove up there. Mm -hmm. um, what I do remember that was spectacular. I don't know if we got a picture of it, but right before you get over the clearing to this flat end where this tree was, you're driving up this kind of this dirt road, and the way the trees were kind of enclosing on each other it was like a tunnel of trees. It was very, mm -hmm. very spooky. Oh yeah. Driving up through that bit, and I was like, well, we're like going through like a, you know, fantasy world. You know, once we get on the other side of these tree tunnel things, mm -hmm. but then once we got up there, there really wasn't too much with the tree. I mean, I felt bad like i was like if there is i mean i was pretty young and new to this i was like if there is a female that was killed here whatever put a little flower on the tree and i said sorry or whatever you know but from what i can gather afterwards that we've kind of decided that there's really nothing specific with that tree but mm -hmm. there is potential stuff in the area yeah because we were getting the bulk of our activity just away. west of the tree towards the tree line while we were up in the mountains we were getting more activity that way than actual at the tree itself right but at the tree i did have on my ovulus it did say my name mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying oh david that's right that is my name i like that I remember that. That's why I felt like a little more like 
close so i was like well if you're you know i'm sorry you know if you're trying to talk to me and stuff because mm-hmm. i was really more heavily on my equipment then so yeah that was that was about the bulk of uh what i remember there really wasn't too much but then again we didn't have too much equipment back then either yeah we did have enough to gather some evidence there and this is the kind of stuff that we like to do like some of the folklore stuff we like to go and check those out like we did the crybaby bridge over in bear river city that's another folklore there's a few other ones that we're pursuing as well but some of these folklore you know it, it it's either true or it's false there's no really gray area and so far i haven't found any documented evidence that anybody was ever hung at that tree and the funny thing was there's actually living plants within the fence line of that particular tree itself but like david was talking about i do have a bunch of pictures i will post them up about that entranceway right before you get to the tree it's actually pretty cool um would be a great location to do group pictures at but that road is just i don't know last year i went up there in my car and it was they did groom it but they groomed they did a uh a fast grooming on that particular road so there were still little hairy areas getting up there with my car but outside of that I'd rather take a truck to get up to this location but outside of that the tree itself I'd say it's pretty well debunked I really don't think that there was a witch that was hung at this particular tree I just think that someone just put a fence around this tree because it was the only one in this clearing yeah because it was pretty flat and then you just have mm-hmm. this tree that's just right there so maybe they just wanted to do that to make sure no one cut the tree down. Yeah, and because you can see it private. from Google Maps too. Yeah, there is like you can continue to go up the road, and I think there is like eventually private uh, land further mm-hmm. up. But yeah. the road that we got on, and then leading up to the tree, that wasn't private uh, property, so we we weren't up there like illegally or anything. Yeah, that's going up to that particular location that's where a lot of people over in Menden City like to go up in the mountains at there's a few other places they can they can get up in the Wellsville's area but that's one of the locations cuz it's like literally right there on the edge of town so you just turn off the main road and just head on up there you, you have a little bit of pavement and then the rest is just rocky road all the way up there but it was a really cool investigation at least we were able to go up there and experience that we are planning on going back there this year just to do a follow-up investigation just to make sure that what we captured years ago is in fact the case and then check out the rest of the area as well we've been trying to go back there for like two to three years now it's been a long time in the making going back up there yeah we have it on the we have it on the schedule and then it ends up getting canceled or postponed because of other things that happened and everything like that which is fine because this isn't one of those locations that we have to go get it done because we're not pleasing any clients or anything like that it's just one of those free investigations that we have on the docket for just in case we don't have anything else we'll get this one scheduled in and just get it done and so that was kind of the basis around that outside of doing that that joint investigation with badass spirit outlaws so the next location i want to talk about is the spirit goat now we did a joint investigation with paranormal you and paul welch at that particular location now the spirit goat isn't didn't we have the other building right across too yeah well i'll talk about that one right after oh okay. but the spirit goat uh we've already been there prior and we caught some phenomenal evidence we've caught some evps we caught 
uh, audio of someone walking upstairs and then hearing an audible voice right after that. We've gotten responses on the SB7 spirit box, stuff like that. In fact, it was basically only me and you that investigated that building the first time. That was my very first ever paranormal investigation as yep. your team member. Yep, exactly. Um, everybody else was sick because when we did the spirit goat the first time, it was in the middle of winter, and unfortunately that's flu season, so everybody got the flu except for me and David. <laughs> so we investigated there, and since we knew what type of activity that we captured there, we decided to do a joint investigation with Paranormal U, and we also invited up Paul Welch as well. And if you're not familiar with Paul Welch, Paul Welch is an independent uh, investigator. He used to be on Badass Spirit Outlaws, and then he came out with Veracity TV or Veracity Paranormal, one of those two things. And now he's also working on other projects as well. But the Spirit Goat, I felt that it was pretty active that particular night. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jerry and all those guys got plenty of evidence from there. It wasn't as active as when David and I were there, but they sure did get some evidence from that it's particular probably location. because they had more people and where it was just you and me it was you know because it's not the biggest of building so it's, yeah. it's definitely better when you have less people to try to get evidence yeah but i think the biggest thing that we got when we first went was definitely when we were in the basement and we we're just hearing the footsteps and just knowing that the building's locked and it's just us yeah and you're clearly he hearing the, the wood someone walking on the wood right above you mm-hmm yeah and in fact, that building used to be a printing location. So at one part of the building, there used to be a big old printing press. And there's actually a divot in the flooring from where that printing press was. The building, if there wasn't any walls separating the backside to the front side, it would be a pretty decent sized building, plus the basement underneath. But the way that they have it set up, because the spirit goat... Um, if you haven't heard of people making uh, soap out of goat's milk, that's been, that's essentially what these guys do. These guys use goat's milk in all their products, besides their beard oil. I do believe their beard oil, they do not use goat's milk in it or anything like that, but like their soaps, their body scrubs, everything like that. It's an awesome little store. If you're into not using the chemical chemically driven soaps that you buy from the grocery store or anything like that it's a good alternative and it still gets your skin clean and i i use uh, goat's milk soap all the time on my skin and i notice a difference when i'm using that versus some of the name brand soaps i tend to break out more with the name brand soaps with all the chemicals versus the more natural stuff but it's an awesome little uh, shop to go visit it definitely has some activity in fact the the funny thing is about that location I went in there to go buy beard oil, and I just popped off the question. Do you guys have paranormal stuff going on here? You know, just kind of asking him. And you should have saw the look on everybody's faces that was working in that building when I asked them that question. And then they bombarded me with all their stories and everything. And I was like, well, let me talk to the owner, because I definitely want to investigate this location. So, it's you'd be surprised on how many locations anybody could get if you just go walk in and just ask, like, hey... I know this is an older building. This was part of uh, the original Logan when it was erected and everything like that. Do you guys happen to have activity here? You know, and you'd be surprised on what people will actually tell you that work in a particular building. Yet when I ask, I make them feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I guess it was just 
the the question leading up to it because we were talking about the building and then I just popped off the question you know do you guys have paranormal activity here and you know that's what steamrolled that whole thing well the problem is is I'm I'm too serious of a guy and probably a little intimidating yeah you're you're this uh, lovable guy that everyone likes so you can strike up a conversation and then just throw it in there and yeah go straight into it and they're like uh why and I'm like oh <laughs> no reason yeah because <laughs> they're little teenage kids working in this place and I'm like oh I don't want to I don't want to freak them out because this place definitely has energy to it. I was just kind of yeah. curious if they're going to be like, "Oh yeah, we see stuff all the time." They're just like, uh, "Why?" And yeah. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> they're getting uncomfortable. You know, and for knowing you for years, yeah, you are really correct on that. Because honestly, when when you when you're met someone new, you know, particularly you, you seem to be more reserved. You're more closed off until you get to know them, and then you've opened up. Just like how, funny story, so when I brought David onto the team for like, what, six months, you didn't eat with us at all, so we like to go out and check out restaurants before we go to investigations, and for like six months, David didn't even eat with us, he would just come and just sit and drink water and while we were all eating and everything, and then he finally opened up a little bit and started eating with us and everything, and then now here we are. We're like best friends. We talk about stones and go hang out and go drinking at the bar and stuff like that. And and really, he he's about as lovable of a, of a guy as I am. I just think that you're more standoffish than I am because I guess I'm more of a people person versus you. This is very accurate. I'll, yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. So now the next location that we did with Paranormal You and Paul Welch was Earthly Awakenings. Earthly Awakenings is a... I wouldn't say a metaphysical store, but they sell a lot of different types of tobacco. Then they also sell incense, stones, other types of trinkets and stuff like that. It's literally right across the street from the Spirit Goat. I've known Earthly Awakenings for years. It's been there ever since I was a kid. Um, my dad and my ex-stepmother used to go and visit that store all the time when they were together. and. I try to frequent that area as much as I can when I have a free moment. But I asked uh, Marlene, she was the she was the owner of Earthly Awakenings, and I was just you know I asked her I was like hey do you do you guys have activity because I got a lead from Becky which owned the Spirit Goat right across the street, so I went over to Earthly Awakenings and I was talking to Marlene and. We got a date set up and we investigated that location and we got quite a bit of activity like for such a small building and so much history behind that building because this was one of those locations where I wanted to to know exactly the origins of this particular building and so I went and looked up the Polk directory at the local library and everything and gathered up so much history so much history about this location but anyway the type of activity that we were getting with my group, we decided to have Paranormal You and Paul Welch come up, and they actually got more activity at the Spirit at Earthly Awakenings than the Spirit Goat. I do remember Paul's uh, REM pod went off. There was a few other things that happened as well during that investigation. Why don't you give me a name of who you are? I don't know, I said something. 
told there's a presence of a witch. Can we speak to her? Who's in charge here? Did you work here? We didn't really bring out all of our equipment for this particular investigation. We wanted to just do a joint investigation, let them experience some of the locations here in Logan since they're down in Salt Lake City. But as far as I'm aware, Jerry and Paul were really, really impressed with this particular uh, joint locations that we hosted for them and everything. And we were thinking about doing another one, but I don't think Paranormal U is active much these days. I know Jerry goes out and does investigating every once in a while, but that's about it. And then Paul is over in Reno now. He moved over to, to Nevada, so he's not in Salt Lake City anymore. So, But those are some of the earlier joint investigations that we did with some of the other teams in Utah. The ones that, you know were active back in the day unfortunately badass spirit outlaws is no longer active paranormal you i don't think is active anymore paul's over in uh reno but we have done other joint investigations with uh wisps we've done some with spirits are us which in a later episode we'll be talking about those uh those newer joint investigations from a couple years ago and everything but is there anything else that you wanted to add today, David? No, I think that's it. Okay. Um, yeah, we. I mean, we recently uh, are doing a lot more. Uh, I mean, summer's coming up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're we're in it. We're in the thick of it. So that yep. may be another reason why uh, things will be uh, a little slower for us too here, because we're all trying to do stuff. Like literally every weekend of June I literally have something booked and now I'm trying to book people into doing stuff like Friday when I get off work and now all my Sundays are getting booked too so it's like Mm -hmm. I'm getting booked to just do stuff so that's that's getting a lot but uh we're also doing a lot of uh, our paranormal stuff uh, outside and Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's becoming a new level uh uh, that it's different because I was telling Shane the other day I was like we need to start doing some uh, some Sasquatch hunting, you know, some cryptids oh, yeah. hunting. But it is a lot different when you're outside in uh, you know environment where you have other animals. You know, definitely glad we bring uh, some of our weapons with us because you know we are in an area where they have cougar sightings. You know, and then you know, when you hear this little rustling noise and stuff, you're just like. Hopefully that's not a cat, you know, and mm-hmm. it just, it's a different level than also dealing with the spirits that are there, you know, mm-hmm. surrounding you and stuff. And you're like, and especially when you have a nasty guy that is causing an animal to stir, to make noises. So it could like distracts us, you know, it's, it's a lot of different elements going into oh, yeah. it. Oh yeah. And then so, I forgot my light. So we're outside and I don't have a goddamn light and I'm like, son of a <laughs> bitch. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely uh that was definitely frustrating that you didn't bring your light because you were all excited about it because you bought it just for investigating outside. Specifically for that because we did mm-hmm. another investigation that was outside. I'm like, man, I really need a, a nice light that I can put on my hat so I don't have to worry about not being able to see shit. And mm-hmm. then I get one. And I'm like, God, I can't wait to use this on the next one. And then I'm running late, so then I forget to grab it. And I was like, God damn it. Mm-hmm. But not next time. Next time I'll be good. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, so with uh, COVID happening last year and everything like that, I think everybody's getting that itch to not want to be indoors and want to just be outside. And so a lot of our investigations are tailored for the outside. So we're going to still try to stick to our schedule. If we have any complications or if we have to miss a Monday, we will definitely let you guys know. But outside of that, we're going to try to stay consistent as possible and then try to bring you guys some of our evidence that we do on some of these investigations as well. Um, I think that should be everything, right, David? Yeah. Okay. So tune in next time uh, for our next episode. We thank you so much for tuning in to us today. We hope this episode was entertaining for you guys because I know this isn't some of the things that we typically don't talk about but we definitely want to touch base on this particular game because we feel that is more accurate and tailored towards what we kind of do you know obviously it's a game it's fictional but at least they put some of the things that we typically do on an investigation in that particular game so if you guys have any questions comments please also rate our podcast so that way more people can discover us and everything and share our podcast as well But we thank you so much for tuning in to us, and you guys have a great rest of your Monday. Goodbye. You are listening to the Bear River Paranormal Podcast, BRP Podcast. If you or you know of someone who is having issues with an entity or a possible haunting, please send us an email, text, or call. You can find all of our information at www.bearriverparanormal.com. We work 24-7 so we can resolve your paranormal issues quickly and as conveniently as possible. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. Toss us a rating or a review. You can also find us on Facebook at BRP Podcast. If you're interested in sponsoring us, or if you like your products featured on the show, please send us a message. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your day.